Welcome to Rome Alliance. At our church, we believe the gospel is good news for every aspect of our lives. Today's message will bring hope to your heartache, healing to your brokenness, and an opportunity to experience Christ's love and redeeming power. As a body of believers, Rome Alliance Church exists to glorify God, follow Jesus, and invite others to share in the hope, healing, and love of the gospel. But today we're going to be in a different, uh, a different question that was submitted. Uh, I don't know who submitted the question, but we're going to take a look at this question and then look at the text which applies to this. But ultimately, this is a great question and a great text in our life. I, I believe that has very significant meaning to all of us in some way, especially um, it, it, just, it just bears a lot, of, a lot of weight in our life. And so I believe in these moments that the Holy Spirit wants to speak something into your life. God wants to, to, to really um, to say something, move something in your life this morning through this, uh, through this, this question and really ultimately the text that we're going to take a look at. I love the Olympics, especially the, the track and field portion of the Olympics, the sprints, whether it's the 100, the 200, the 400, these quick sprints that are taking place. But I especially love the finish line and how runners who are close together finish a race. Here's a picture of Shawnea Miller actually from the Bahamas, right? From the Bahamas. This is how she finished her 400-meter race in Rio in 2016. And according to, uh, to rule, it's whatever, whoever's torso crosses that line first. And so people are all up in arms by how she finished this race. Here's another picture of that as she goes across the, the, the finish line, finishing with everything she had. Finishing with everything she had. Now, there's another way to look at it. One of my uh, favorite runners in the Olympics was Michael Johnson. And Michael Johnson was at one point the fastest man. Probably Usain, Usain Bolt has taken over that. But he was in Barcelona in 92, Atlanta in 96, Sydney in 2000. He established a record 13 Olympic World Championship gold medals in his 11-year career. But the one thing that was amazing about Michael Johnson was, when in Barcelona in 92, he was, wasn't like, well, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to go back to the Olympics. He's like, no, I, he was a competitor. And Michael Johnson wanted more in his life. He wanted to finish his career well, and he kept going as long as he could and winning medals as long as he was able to. And both of those pictures of not only diving across the finish line, finishing the, fin the race, but not being satisfied with what I did four years ago to go again in four years is ultimately the picture of what Paul is going to show us based on the question that was submitted. And this was the question that was submitted to us, was this. We're supposed to forget the former things. Forget what lies behind and strain towards what is ahead. But so much can be learned from history. If we're supposed to forget what's behind how do we learn and strain toward what is ahead? This was the question. I'm not sure the origin of the question. I don't know if someone is dealing with their history in such a way that they can't get past it. I'm not sure if someone is looking at history as 
we need to go back to that? I'm not sure. And so we're going to try to look at a big holistic picture of this portion of Scripture where Paul talks about these exact things in his life. And so if you, if you have a Bible, you can turn me to Philippians chapter 3, because this question comes from that text. If you don't have a Bible, that's all right. It will be up on the screen as well. This is the New Living Translation that I'll be using up here on the screen for us. So Paul is talking about his relationship with Christ and how he wants to finish his race or finish his Christian life. And he says this in Philippians 3.10. He says this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection of the dead. He goes on here and he says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. If you have a Bible and you like to write in your Bible and you like to underline, underline that in your Bible, but I focus on this one thing. If you, have a, if, you have your, if you have a Bible on your app, you can highlight it. Highlight it. I focus on this one thing. This is what Paul's main focus was in regards to these things that, that he's talking about. He says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I focus on this one thing. I have a direct focus in mind. Ultimately, he's saying here, Paul has a goal. Paul has a goal in his Christian walk. Paul has a goal in, in the race of, of his Christian walk. The first part of the goal was maturity in Christ. Sancti our sanctification, being set apart from our old life, set apart from sin, set unto God, and he wanted to know and experience Jesus in his life. That's what he was looking for. He wasn't looking for the next ritual, the next format. He wanted to experience the person of Jesus in his life. And he wanted to do that by pressing on to perfection, which means it's not that he could be perfect this side of heaven, but that was his aim in sight that he had. We talked about a couple weeks ago. How many golfers in the room? All right, a couple golfers. I'm a miniature golfer. And... When you get up there to swing, what are we swinging for? The what? The pin, right? Some of you, yeah, one, one of you said the water because that's how bad your slice is. I get it. I get it. But ultimately, it's the pin. How many of you ever have a hole-in-one on, on a, a, a real, not a miniature golf, but a real course? Anybody? A couple of us, right? It's rare though, right? Don't lie, Pat. Um, all right, okay, it's, it's more like it. Four trees in, right? Even though the goal in golf is to hit the pin, right, get it in the cup, it, just because it's not going to be a hole-in-one doesn't mean I'm going to aim for over here, right? And so he's pressing on to perfection. The aim in mind is to become like Jesus and to experience him everything in life. And his goal goes on. It's a, it's a heavenly goal. It's eternity in mind as he lives his life. Paul has a goal of eternity of a heavenly prize, he says, of finishing this world well 
with eternity in mind, to reach the end, to finish his life well, which means he needs to go into the future. Because this is oftentimes where we can get stuck in our life. Feel like you're just spinning your wheels. Or we can look back and say, I wish it was like the old days. I wish it was like back when. But Paul says, no, it's about eternity in mind. What's, a, what's ahead of us, what's in front of us, is the goal. So Paul has a goal, to pursue Christ until he meets Jesus in eternity. That's what his goal is in mind. To be changed and transformed, to pursue Jesus until he meets him in eternity. And so how do we do that? Well, we need to do two things. We need to press on in life, which means we need to move forward in our life. It's really easy in life to either get stuck or go backwards. Can we agree to that this morning? It's easy to get stuck or it's easy to go backwards. Or we're going through the motions on a calendar forward, but in reality our mind wants to continue to go back or to somewhere else in life. And so he says to press on, the thing we have to do to press on is we need to forget the past. Now, this is where that question comes in, and it says, well, don't we have a, a lot to learn from history? So what is Paul getting at? Is Paul saying that God just wipes our, men our memory blank blanks clean every morning? Is there a reason why we do have memories that God gives us? So what he's saying here is, in this idea of forgetting the past, it's to no longer care for, to pay little attention to, or no longer influenced by. So when I look at the history of something, I can look at it and have a better understanding. I can learn from that so I know what to do in the future, but the history is not something I'm called to go back to. It's something I'm called to live in light of. It's a, it's a, it's a history or a past that no longer influences my life. We're oftentimes in life, we are living our life based on the brokenness of the past. I'm living today, what's today's date? June 12th. 2022, but in reality, I'm still living in my brokenness of something that happened 10, 15, 20 years ago in my life. Paul says, I need to forget those things, be no longer influenced by those things. But again, here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I want us to take, I just want us to, to, to pause for a moment in this. A couple months ago, I went to something that was a, a pastor's gathering, and there was a, a lady there sharing who was a, a mental health counselor. And she talked about how, yeah, we are actually hardwired to remember things. So this is where that, that, that struggle comes in, that tension begins to come in. A couple of things, a couple of reasons why we're hardwired to remember. She gave us a couple. Number one, forgiveness does not replace hurtful memories. It replaces the negative emotions attached to those memories. So when we're called to forgive, some, forgive someone, that's one of the reasons why we get stuck in the past often. It's a forgiveness issue. He's not saying that he just wipes your memory clean that ever happened, but what he does is forgiveness replaces the negative emotions. So there's one reason. Here's another reason why we're hardwired to remember. Serious hurts and offenses. The memory keeps us from recklessly trusting where trust not, might not be. For instance, if every time I went over to Steve Clark Sr.'s house, he slapped me in the face, right? The next time I go over, I'm probably going to be guarded, I'm going to remember that that's what happens when I go to his house. Or I'm going to avoid it altogether. So God gives us a memory to remember things in our life that are painful, that are hurtful, 
and it keeps us balanced. It keeps us understanding, right? I know not to do certain things, like I know not to touch a hot pan because I remember the last time I did, it burned my fingers. And so God gives us memories like that for a reason. The reason isn't to keep us in the past, though. And lastly, we're hardwired to remember because God showed up at a certain point in your life and it is a reminder not only of the sanctification process in your life, but that when you look back on your life and you can see that if God did something before, God is able to do it again. And so these are reminders, or we can go back to the Old Testament, these are stones in your life of what God has done, not to go back and polish those stones as monuments, but to live in light of those things for the future. That as I take a risk or as I live my life, I can look back and be like, look what God did back then, he sure enough can do it again in my life right now. So we're hardwired to remember. That's just a really a thousand foot layer of that. We can go a lot deeper with that. But we are hardwired to remember. We are, we are rem- able to remember the past and the history of things. And we have a lot. We, I share things about historical facts all the time. They are there to be reminders and to teach us, but they are there to not influence us to go backwards. They are not there to take up our mind, to be stuck in some place. They're there for reasons, but not to hold us back. But I think this part is the part we really need to look at this morning. Why are we so attached to the past? Why are we attached to the past? I'm going to give us really three things this morning, and we can look at some different ways to do it. The first one we're going to look at today, I need my, my friend, come on. He's my, one of my go-tos. Come on, Connor, let's go. Let's go. Chain yourself up. Okay, one of the first things, you could tell this guy actually chained, actually chained something before because I just would like stuck it to my belt loop and tear, tore it. All right, so the first thing, the first thing that comes to my mind before, before we really get into some other ones is... I think of of the writer of Hebrews who says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. One of the things that can slow us down in this race of pursuing perfection in our Christian walk is sin, and we can be chained to the sin of the past. The writer of Hebrews says we need to strip off the sin that so easily entangles. We need to tear that off in our life. And so that's obviously a first and foremost. But let's go do some other things that we can be chained from in our life. The first thing we can be chained to is the baggage of our past. And we literally can be stuck in place, right? Get going. You, you might be in, the, in June 12th. But you really aren't in June 12th. He broke it. (laughs) You might be living like you are chained to the year 1980. Living like you are chained to the year 1985. To a certain date in mind. To a certain situation. You are chained to that. And you can't go any further in your life. That's what Paul's saying here. We can be chained to those things. The other thing we can do is we can be chained and we can make a little headway, right? So he gets moving in life, and whatever it is pulls us back. Pulls us back. 
pulls us back. Throw some other things out. What do you think are some other things we can be chained to that keep us from moving into the future? Addiction. Past successes, we'll get to that in a minute. I got something better for that one, Chauncey. Okay, relate. We can be chained to past relationships. What's that? Okay. Uncertainty? Sure. Our failures? Right? We can be chained to our failures in life. We can be chained to the despair we have in life. And we are just living our life in the despair we've had all along. The other thing we can be do is we can be chained. We think we're going. Kind of like a little dog. He circles back around. Okay, stop. And you might not feel the weight of the chain, but he's still chained. See that happen all the time. People make great strides in their faith, and all of a sudden they get whiplash back because they still have things in the past that are pulling them back in their faith. Anything else that comes to your mind that we can be chained to in life? Rejection? Sure. Expectations? Huh? Trust? Sure. Right? We can be chained to all sorts of things in life. And a lot of those things are connected to an incident or something that happened that Paul says, he's not like, well, just get over it, you big baby. He's saying you have to press on forward in spite of those things. We are hardwired to remember, and it's the tension that we have to go forward while still processing through, and we'll talk about that more in a moment. All right, you can be a chain breaker right now. You know, some of you guys are clapping for him. He's going to chain you up after this, so you better watch out. Let's look at a couple other ones. Okay, how about this? It is mine, actually. Don't want to have. You know what? Sometimes the past, past successes, are an idol to us. And we carry the past along with us like this, and it's an idol to us. And let's be honest, the local evangelical church is fantastic at having idols from the past be what are the forefront of the church. It's just the truth. We have to be honest this morning. They're idols to us. We think, well, if we go back to how things were, and even COVID, right? Even COVID revealed that to us. Let's just go back to, let's just go back to. Why? Maybe some things are good for, but we have to ask ourselves, is it an idol in our life? And I get it. There's times when we came to faith in Christ and something is important to us. Maybe it was a song that was playing or a person or something like that. Maybe it was back when you remember, you know, a time when things were better in, in your life. And I get it. And that's an, it becomes ultimately the goal we're going for, a nostalgic, a nostalgic feel or a certain thing to be done, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just an idol to us, and not the perfection of pursuing Jesus. It's going back to a feeling, or an emotion, or a nostalgia to something we, we once had that we long for again. Well, what does it look like to move into the future? If anybody had anything to boast, here's, here's Paul here. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old, this is before that part of our, our passage, 
in Philippians 3, I am pure-blooded citizen of Israel, member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one, a member of the Pharisees. I demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous, I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. If anybody had something to go back and look on, that was Paul. But Paul turns his focus and turns his thoughts this way, and he says this, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it as garbage, so I could gain Christ. I'm not saying that's easy to do. All I'm saying is this is what Paul tells us. Let's look at the last one. The last one is the box. And oftentimes, we carry around the things that we like in our box. What makes us comfortable, how we feel. We begin to store these things in our box. Comfort zone, you might want to call it. Maybe something comes up into the future and you're like, nah, it doesn't really fit into my box of how I like things or how it makes me feel, my comfort level. So we don't do it. We are actually missing out on the perfection that Christ has for us because it just doesn't fit into our way of life, our thing we have, our comfort zones, things that we care for, whatever it might be. But Paul's big idea is a runner cannot look back and still focus on the goal ahead. Right? I have to tape that for second service now. what he tells us. Anybody ever walking with their child, and their child's like walking back like this, and all of a sudden just runs right into something? Pole in the parking lot, you in the grocery store. Paul is saying you cannot live the Christian life with your head turned backwards. Amazing picture of this was a race between Roger Bannister and John Landy. These two were the fastest runners in the world at one point. And they raced together. John Landy had the lead. And at just the wrong moment right there, he turned his head to the side to find Bannister. And in that moment, he, Bannister shot ahead of him. Why? Because your body is not meant to run with your head to the side. You're, you're fastest when your eye is focused on the goal ahead and your head is as straight as can be. The, the kid out there who's bobbling his head like that doesn't run that fast either. Because everything else starts bobbing with it. The guy who's go, knows it eyes are focused, Landy turns his head, and Bannister blows right by him. It's a picture of the Christian life that we are called to press on in life, with our eyes ahead. But how much of your life today is with your eyes in the past? I'm not saying it's easy. I know there's a lot of grief and a lot of things in life of the past. A lot of great things. But Paul's call to the believer is to press on in spite of those things. To move forward in life. A.W. Tozer says it like this. The normal Bible direction is not backwards. It's always forward. What happened to Lot's wife when, he, when she looked back? When the people of Egypt were called, they were called to go out to the promised land. Not back 
into slavery. The great hall of faith in Hebrews where everybody was going towards that heavenly goal. And Paul calls the Christian life a race, a marathon, where we're called to be running forward, not backward. And so how do we press on in life? How do we do it? I'm going to give us three ways to look to press on in life. Number one, you have to be willing to go forward. This is where it gets hard. You have to be willing to go forward in life. What does it look like for you in your stage of life to continue to move ahead? And that's hard. Why? Because sometimes then we have to make we have to come to something in our life to say, this part of my life is over. And that's very hard to do. It's hard. It's hard to make a cut. But Paul, you know, he's saying, we can still remember those things. They just can't influence us maybe as much as they are. Be willing to. Whatever it is. And I know here for us at Rome Alliance Church, we've been trying to wrestle through that all the time. What does it look like to go forward into the years ahead? Number two, make it a practice. Whenever you get involved in something in life, a situation comes up, ask yourself, what does it look like to move forward in this? Begin to make it a practice. Once you practice something, what happens? It becomes a part of your life. Right? Make it a practice. But again, as people, this is opposite to our human inclination. Because we want to stay comfortable. We want to keep things the way they were. We want to go back to the way it was, but make it a practice to say, what does it look like to move forward in this? But the other big one is, is experience Jesus today. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In the Old Testament, the bread was new every day. If they held on to the manna for one day, it was spoiled. Jesus wants you to experience him today and not be living off bread that's 20 years old. And so oftentimes we can miss Jesus in the moment because we're so focused on something else than him. Jesus wants you to experience him today. So ask yourself, Lord, how do you want me to see you today? I get it. Maybe you're saying I'm getting up there in life. Paul is saying, keep going Press on. Jesus has something for you today that he wants to give you while you're still here on this earth. He wants you to press on to perfection. He wants you to finish well. We covered a lot of different areas in regards to these things, but the question becomes personal now. Where is God asking you to forget and press on? Where is he personally asking you to forget and press on in your life? Cortez, in the year 1519, landed here in the Americas, and he gets his group of about 700 men, and they have a mission to go. I'm not endorsing his mission, but what he did do was, 
he made the men burn all 11 ships that they came on, turned their backs on them, and they walked onto the shores. He wanted each one of those men to be committed to the mission and not think about going back home. He wanted them to be committed to the mission so much that he was willing to say, let's burn this down and let's go forward. So where is God asking you to forget and press on? Maybe it's a question of, where is he asking you to burn down to move forward in life? I don't mean literally, but in your heart. To be committed to the mission that God has for you. Be committed to press in to him for today. And here's the deal is, it's not going to look like it did before. It might not even look like it did last week. Because it's Jesus for today, the bread of life, that wants you to pursue him, experience him, to know him, as Paul says, as you press on to perfection with the goal in mind of a heavenly prize of eternity. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We pray you were equipped and inspired to reach out to others with the good news of Jesus Christ. To stay connected, like us on Facebook or join us on a Sunday morning here at Rome Alliance Church.